This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The Jemison Raid did much to sour relations between Boers and English in the Transvaal in the years leading up to the Boer War. There were Jews on both sides of this failed attempt to overthrow the Boer Republic, including one of the plotters, Sir Lionel Phillips. Last week, S.J. de Klerk gave a virtual talk on this historic event for the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation. He has written many articles for the Heritage Foundation, as since retiring, he has dedicated his time and resources to researching, exploring, and writing about South African history. S.J., welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Um, the Jamison Raid is one of those big moments in South African history. If it hadn't had happened, would things have been different, do you think? Or was the anglo Boer War going to happen irrespective? Well, I think there's two schools of thought. One is that it hastened the effect. It really poisoned relationships between the Brits and the Afrikaners as such. And the other theory is, well, it would have happened anyway because Paul Kruger was very slow to, to, to give rights to, to the eight lambdas, as they're called. And therefore it was really just a, a step in a process that was inevitable, I think. Um, perhaps I can just give you a quick overview of what, how the, how the raid happened, what caused it and so on and then some places that are still extant that people can visit if they wish to do so. Okay, so in the 1890s, a lot of people, foreigners, when they came to the Transvaal, uh, they said, has the revolution happened yet? Because I think they were expecting this thing to happen. Um, you know, South Africans, we've been remarkably consistent. We've always been tied up with race relations. Uh, in the 1890s, it was all about the what they call the the two races, the Afrikaner race and the British race. And they didn't understand one another. They spoke past each other. One group was pious, mainly agriculture, not well educated. Uh, The other group was cosmopolitan. They came out here without their families. Uh, They were interested in gambling, sport, booze, women, wine, song. And the other group really reading the Bible and farming, you know. So they really didn't understand each other. And the, the cosmopolitan eightliners who came here just wanted to make money. That was what Joburg was. It was a Sodom and Gomorrah. It was all about making quick money and leaving. Nobody knew that the, the Rand gold mines would be lasting for so long. Eventually, as it became clearer that they were lasting, there is a theory that the deep-level mining, there were two sort of types of mining, the shallow crop mining and the deep-level mining. And the deep-level mining are the people who were upset about the Kruger's regime. They felt that he was corrupt. He gave concessions. Um, I mean, this probably sounds a bit familiar. He gave concessions to friends, Dutchmen, Germans, to make dynamite, which they sold at huge profits to the to the mine owners. Um, he gave advantage to the, the, the Dutch railway line coming from Maputo, as opposed to the one from the Cape. So people were unhappy about that. That increased the cost of coal. Once again, putting the hoist down, you know, there was no electricity in those days and so on. So the cost of coal became very important. So, so Rhodes then started planning a regime change. He couldn't invade the Transvaal from a British uh, country. In other words, he couldn't invade it from the Cape because that would have shown complicity with the, with the, with the British government. So what he did is he decided to obtain from the British government a narrow strip of land in Betshohana land, today Botswana, because he said he needed that for the railway line that he was building from, from Mafeking to Bulawayo. And he pretended that there was an African chief called Lynchway who was going to attack the railway line. He needed it to protect it, to have his own troopers there and so on. And uh, the British government kind of accepted that. The Boers thought, well, that was probably true. Meantime, he was planning to invade from, from Mafeking 
and from Patsani. Two groups. Uh, the, the bigger group was in Patsani, a tiny little village then. There was nothing to do. Uh, Jameson started getting impatient because the troopers in Patsani, where there was nothing to do, started getting bored. Whereas the one in, in Mafeking, the, the smaller force, but the more experienced force, they at least had a hotel and a few things to keep them occupied. So Jameson started getting worried. The eight landers weren't ready for the raid. They kept on telling him, no, 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 postpone the invasion. We're not ready. Eventually he said, I'm coming in. On the last, the 30th of December 1895, he left in the morning. Now, it's difficult to follow his trail exactly because if you read their, their trail, they talk about we're stopping at Lombard shop and we're stopping at Van Oudsjoren's shop and so on. But essentially what they've done, every 30 miles they've erected five corrugated iron stores and there they kept new horses for remounts, and they kept grain and food for the soldiers. But it was a punishing schedule. You know, they had to, to, to horseback about 170 miles in about two or two and a half, three days. So by the time the men got to Krugerstorp, that was the first time that the Boers opposed them. They were shadowing them slowly um, all the way from really from uh, – from, 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 from Mafra King when they heard about it because he cut the railway line going to the Cape, but he never cut the railway line from Zieras to Pretoria. So very soon the Boers heard about this and small straggling groups of Boers were following all along. But when he got to the Krugers or Game Reserve, the Boers were waiting on the ridge overlooking that game reserve. So that ridge is still there. It was called the Queen's Battery Mine, and they were ensconced on the mountaintop waiting for him. He started shelling them. He started shooting them with his Maxim guns. He had three, eight machine guns called Maxims and three cannons, and the Boers were only armed with rifles, but they were ensconced on top of the hill. He couldn't break through. He then swung sort of southeast around Ranfontein and came in close to Ruerapuert, um, at a, near Zardville, the current uh, um, township of Zardville. And that's where the Boers were waiting for Maduran Corp. And after a fairly short engagement, about an hour, he was forced to surrender with his 510 men. They, they were, the, and in fact, this is our closest example of the Bay of Pigs. All the people remember the Bay of Pigs when the CIA arranged in 1961 to invade Cuba. This was virtually the same thing. Foreigners, ostensibly exiles, unhappy with the government, invading a foreign country and being defeated and being imprisoned. The survivors, and they, they lost about 25 people killed, um, they were buried in a, in a prospectus trench nearby Durenkop. Now, we don't really know where the prospectus trench is, and that's one of the, the great secrets of of archaeology and history, we would really like to try and find. Apparently, the Ruerapurt Museum has a record, but the area is getting built up. So we were quite keen to try and find it before it totally becomes built up. They were brought to Krugersdorp, where the current uh, um, town hall is in Krugersdorp. That was then the Market Square, and they were, they were kept there the night. Opposite the Market Square, there's an old um, magistrate's court built in 1890, opened by Paul Kruger, and it is said that behind it there was a corrugated iron shed and Jameson and his men were kept there overnight before they were taken under guard to Pretoria. Three of the men died of, of their wounds. They were probably nursed at Krugersdorp, we think, and they are buried in Krugersdorp. So their three graves are still there. And there are also five graves with a monument for the five Boers who died um, uh, in, in the battle as well. So I think about 25 of the raiders were killed and about five Boers were killed. Um, the, the money for the for the Boer monument was collected in in 1896, immediately after the raid. But then, of course, the Boer War intervened, so nothing was built. And only in 1917 was this really nice uh, sort of um, a, a group uh, grave 
dug and built and a monument over it and they were buried there. So if you're interested today, there's a couple of places you can see. You can obviously see the Krugersorp Game Reserve. You overlook the ridge. Uh, at the bottom, there's called the Tuyalupi Sprite, which is a very, very contaminated spray today with all the mining activities. And it's actually threatening the caves of Sturkfontein, uh, the, the fossils of Sturkfontein Caves. So the, quite a historic spot. You can see that. Uh, you can go to the magistrate's court. It was designed by Seitz Savarta. He designed the beautiful Palace of Justice in Pretoria. And he designed a lot of uh, um, uh, railway stations and magistrate's courts and so on. So that's still there. You can go to the old Krugersdorp, game, um, old Krugersdorp uh, Cemetery. It's called the Burgers Whip Cemetery. Fantastic place. That's also where the Jewish cemetery is, incidentally. And my old uh, maths teacher, Dr. Lonstein from, from high school, is buried. The, the Jewish uh, cemetery is still being, precinct is still being used today. Very historic cemetery. Um, certainly worth a, a visit. We want to do it from the Joburg Heritage. You want to do a, a bus tour there or maybe a self-drive tour there. And then, of course, the Duren, the Dürenkopf Monument where the Raiders finally surrendered. So those are the places that are left uh, We in, in this local area where you can go and find some of it. Esther, the Dürenkopf site itself, is that the one that you say that nobody knows where it is, or is that still... Yeah, no, that's marked, and you can go there, but very close to the Dürenkopf. There's a little monument. It's, a, it's called Adcock Road, uh, it's, it's, um, and you can see it, you can find it on a map. It's, it's, it's quite well marked on GPS and so on. You'll be able to find your monuments. But the actual rate is about the, about the, say, uh, 2022 were killed there. They, um, they were buried in a trench. I've seen a, a drawing by an artist called Melton Pryor. He worked for the Israel London News. He made a drawing of that. And he said it was about four feet deep. They were laid two abreast. And the men were buried there. There was a little ceremony. The Boer warriors, uh, Boer burghers took off their hats and somebody read a, a small sermon as they buried them. But those graves, we, we don't quite know where they are. There are some, in, there, there is some information at the Ruderport Museum and we're hoping that we can, we can trace where they're buried and, and find them in the not too distant future. Esther, if people would like to go and visit and do a tour, do you recommend they go by themselves or to organize something through the Heritage Foundation? What's the best? Um, look, I've, you know, the, the, the Dürenkop monument is a little bit, uh, it's not a very salubrious area. There's a lot of informal settlements there. So I would be a little bit, I wouldn't say don't go, but I'd say just be very careful. Uh, if you go there, um, you know, incidents easily happen. The Krugersdorp Cemetery, which is certainly worth a visit, I think uh, it's fairly safe. But once again, I would just caution people to, you know, if you're elderly, if you're a female, don't go on your own. I think if you can go in a bigger crowd, it would be safer. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it's a much nicer to go with a tour guide who can tell you the background and show you where, what's happened, where. There are also a few graves um, near near Ranfontein as well, called the Ranfontein Estate Goldmine Military Cemetery. And there are five raiders buried there. Because after they were rebuffed at Krugersdorp and they swung around, they, they bivouacked the night at Ranfontein. And a few people died during the night in the court, you know, of their wounds. So they were buried there. So these essentially those are the spots that you, you that one can visit. The Ramfordin one, it's not difficult to find, but you need to know the area, you know. So that's where I think, uh, something like the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation, let me, let me just punt them a bit. We can show them where they are, you know. So we, we might do a bus tour or we might do a self-drive tour and we'll advertise it and take people around. If anybody would like to get hold of you or the Heritage Foundation or hear more of your talks, how can they be in touch with you? 
I think best is just to do it through the Joburg Heritage Foundation. You know, they've got a website. I'm, I work for them as a, as a pro bono tour guide. So I don't really have details. I don't do it myself. You know, I'm very happy to share information and so on. But the Joburg Heritage Foundation, they run all the tours and I'm really a, a member of their, their tour group. And they have a website that's very easy to navigate. That's right. Very easy. Uh, we advertise. Yeah. It's really recommended. I would really say to people, if you'd like to, if you've got a bit of money, it's not expensive, but join us. We, we give mon- weekly, nowadays we give weekly webinars on historic events, on architectural issues. Uh, Professor Cathy Monroe is talking this Saturday on the, uh, the Joburg school, you know, the old Barney Bonato, uh, school, gold school where she went to and she's going to talk about that. So a lot of interesting stuff about architecture, history, art, whatever, you know, a whole lot of interesting talks. Yeah, as I say, I encourage people to join. I'm I'm enjoying it. SJ, thank you so much for your time and for joining me. Thank you very much, and thank you. We'll chat again. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you very much. That was SJ de Klerk, who is an enthusiast, a heritage enthusiast and researcher.